0: Okay folks, I'm here again. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, you know, wherever you are. I'm going to look at something which I consider to be very important. And that is taming your tongue. Keeping your mouth shut. When you don't need to talk, don't talk. You know, scripture will tell you that let your nay be nay and your yay be yay. For whatsoever is more than these come of evil. Matthew 5.37 see sometimes you're in an argument, you're in a situation, a dispute or whatever. Sometimes you just have to say just enough to shut up the situation. Because if you carry on, it will lead to sin. Like the verse says here Matthew 5. Yes, yes, no, no. Okay then, fine. Right. And that's it. You don't need to go any further. Because you may as well find yourself in a situation... Where you will say something. And once you say it... You can't take it back. The tongue has power to edify... Or destroy. That little piece of meat in your mouth... Has the power... To lift up people, make them feel good. Or to tear them down, to criticize and to destroy them. Obviously, the book I'm coming from here is the book of James. James more or less took one chapter, chapter 3, to talk about the tongue. That is how important it is. As Christians, we need to know how to control our speech. We know how to speak and live wisely. And if you are walking in the spirit and living in the spirit, you cannot talk any, any out to people. Because if you do, it is sin. So the best thing you can do is to keep your gob shut. The tongue is a vital part of the human body. Its movement enables us to properly pronounce words and to speak properly. Even if you got a stutter, the tongue still works. The tongue assists in the digestive process by keeping our food between the upper and lower teeth, allowing it to be properly chewed. The tongue also has a role in tasting as much as our taste buds are located in the tongue. You see that little small thing inside your mouth? That little thing you can hold in the palm of your hand? Do you know just how powerful it is? Because of verbal communication, the tongue and mouth are inseparably linked. In the book of Psalms and Proverbs, the writers convey positive and negative aspects of speech. In James 3, the apostle provides extended teaching on this area of the believer's life if you are a Christian or if you claim to be you don't talk to people any anyhow not even in jest you must know how to talk to people understand this the words we speak can bring comfort peace joy and direction but it can also be the source of division, anger, abuse, and destruction. Verse 3 to 5 of chapter 3, James. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships. Which, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whosoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. James goes on to use three examples, which I just read, to demonstrate the power of verbal communication. The recipients of this letter would be aware of the power in each of the illustrations. This reminds us of the need to use practical understandable illustrations when teaching. When you're teaching people, the tongue is one of the main characters that you're teaching the people. How you use it depends on whether the people learn something or not. The metal bit of a horse's bridle is very small. Yet, it controls the entire body. Horse trainers use various shaped bits to provide greater control on the animals that are more difficult to train. In the same manner, the rudder is small in comparison to the rest of the ship. But without it, stability and direction are impossible. Without the rudder, in the face winds the ship will easily roll over, yet with the rudder, one man, one solitary man, keeps the ship stabilized and safe for passengers and cargo. The third illustration reflects the power and, be, and destruction of a small item. A spark of small flame can quickly explode into a raging fire. Look at the fire of London, a small spark. The fire of San Francisco, small spark. Anytime there's a fire, it's all because of a small spark. You know, that small spark becomes an even greater danger. Verse 6. The tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body, and sets off on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. We all know that once the fire starts, once you get a bush fire starts, it's very hard to stop it. Look in California, look at Australia, look at some of these countries where a little spark starts off a fire, and then that fire becomes... A bushfire to the point where all you can see is destruction and death. Just like the tongue, the tongue is very small. But sometimes, when some of us as Christians start clacking away, clackety clack, clackety clack, we start small and then we end up being big, boastful, unashamed of what we do. You got to be careful of how you talk to people. Because one sentence One word, two words Can destroy that person I went for a driving test You know, I went for a driving test I think it was my fourth driving test Or my fifth one I passed on the sixth one, I know that But anyway, I went for a driving test And when He finished, he told me I'm sorry Mr. Smith but you failed the test I went on I went home, my dad came home from work, and he said, how how are you doing the driving test? And I said, I failed. My dad said four words to me. To this day, I can remember them. All right, I'll tell you. He was annoyed, but quite frankly, how can I keep on failing the driving test? I'm supposed to be intelligent. You're not supposed to have a brain, you know? I passed on the sixth time but let's just say after I went home the fourth time and I failed he said to me you are no good you know he said it under his breath but he said it loud enough to break my heart you know he didn't say okay son better luck next time you'll get it right the next time you'll pass the next time he said to me, well he said it under his breath in, because he was annoyed. He expected to come me to come home and then say oh a test that well done son. He did he said you are no good and you know what? That small tongue in his head set off a spark which destroyed everything, you know? It destroyed me anyway. The inflammatory nature of the tongue must not be underestimated. Ill chosen words hurt and divide. They can contribute to conflict, which initiates war with its death and destruction. In our, in our modern world, the statements of world leaders are scrutinized for hidden meanings or signals often tied to the cultural context. James goes a step further in describing the negative influence of the tongue. It potentially corrupts the whole person. This speaks of a filthiness or rotten speaking which never produces anything positive. If you've ever been with some people they never have anything good to say about anybody. Always negative. I would keep away from them because because iron sharpens iron, and because they are always criticizing and skeptical about things, sooner or later you'll be doing the same thing. So keep well away. The unleashed tongue sweeps like a fire eating everything in its parts and leaving only ashes. It destroys life in its path and takes years to be restored, if that is even possible. The mention of hell and the tongue here emphasizes the sinfulness which can be generated by the small member of the human body you realize that that small thing that small tongue started two two three world wars that small thing started battles and skirmishes and now we have nation against nation just because one person couldn't keep their mouth shut William Tiptaff said, and I quote, "O Lord, keep our hearts, keep our eyes, keep our feet, and keep our tongues." Unquote. Again, R. Kent Hughes quotes, "The true test of a man's spirituality is not his ability to speak." as we are apt to think but rather his ability to bridle his tongue James 3 7 and 8 For every kind of beasts and birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and have been tamed by mankind but the tongue can no man tame it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison Go to the zoo Look at all the animals i don't care what kind of animal you see in the zoo go to sea world i don't care what kind of fish you see man has tamed everything we can tame the wildest horses we can tame the wildest bulls we can whatever it is we can get it under control but that one little piece of meat that is connected to the brain and the heart it will never be tamed trust me it will never be tamed full of deadly poison which quick to use on other people you know prior to describing the tongue as a deadly poison James turns to the animal kingdom for a reflection on control he divides animal life into four categories initially when reviewing the species that are part of each One may wonder who has tamed an antelope, an alligator, or a tuna. However, this train of thought misses what the the author is attempting to convey. The idea being projected is dominion. The next time you go to the zoo, look at that sea lion bouncing the ball on its nose. Look at that dolphin jumping up and catching the fish. Or look at those tigers or lions jumping through hoops. We have dominion over them, they are tamed. Can you get some? Could you get a man to do that? No, you cannot. That is how dangerous the tongue is. The full impact of what James intends comes by return to the creation account. At the completion of his work, God blessed humanity and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish and the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Genesis 1.28 This dominion, or ruling over, includes both the domestication and the hunting of the various animals. This ability to rule over animal life is contrasted with the human ability to control the tongue. Huge, strong animals are tamed for domestic service. Even the largest fish of the ocean can be caught. But the tongue continues to be a source of untamed destruction. In 3 verses 8 to James 3, he describes the tongue as a poison. And we all know it's a poison. So there's no need denying it. He provides a picture of each person having poison within and being capable of thrusting its sickening and killing effect on others. In the same way, we need an outside substance sent to neutralize poison. We cannot bring our tongues under control without outside intervention. Words that seemingly slip out are reflective of the untamed nature of this member of the body. You shout at somebody, you cuss, bad word, you you use the F word, you use the C word. Oh, sorry, it just slipped out. Did it? What it tells me is that you can't control your mouth. Frederick Robertson said, I quote, You may tame the wild beasts, but you cannot arrest the progress of that cruel word." Which you uttered carelessly yesterday, last night, or this morning, unquote. For God's sake. Proverbs fifteen verse one: A soft answer turneth away wrath. What grievous words stir up anger. It'd be a good idea to think before you say anything. Because. It could cost you your life in hell, fire, or because you said something that slipped out of your mouth by accident and you can't take it back. That's the sad thing about it. Once you tell somebody that she's ugly, once you tell somebody that you're a bitch, it, it's gone. It's been said. You can never reel it back in. So be careful how you talk to people Matthew 5 37 Jesus was set up no sorry that's another one that's, we'll come back to that in a minute Matthew 5 37 but let your communication be ye ye nay for whatsoever is more than these come of evil know what you say. say it and then shut up because if you continue things will get worse if you're in an argument just say all right okay and that's it move on somebody's trying to make a point as well as trying to get on your nerves because some people know which buttons to press and in pressing these buttons we automatically start to come back. So tit for tat. You said this. You said I'm ugly. I say you're this. You call me a fool. I call you a bitch. You know. And so on and so on. Let your yeah be yeah. And your nee be After that. Shut up. Don't say anything else. J.I. J.I. Faker. Said and I quote: "Not until we have become humble and teachable, standing in awe of God's holiness and sovereignty, acknowledging our own littleness, distrusting our own thoughts, and willing to have our minds turned upside down, can divine wisdom become ours." Peter, im Peter, Apostle yeah, Peter. You know, you remember Peter. Before he was filled with the Holy Spirit Peter was all right. right He was a right fog He was quick to speak his mind He let the tongue go loose Like a bull in a china shop He didn't care Once he received the Holy Spirit He became a new creature If any man or woman Be in Christ They are a new creature Old things are passed away All things have become new So what you used to say to people You know back in the day you shouldn't be doing it now in fact I was going as far as to say that in some cases if people rile you and they get on your nerves they get on your last nerve bite your tongue bite your tongue and hold on to it because you know and I know that if you don't bite your tongue it's going to go it's going to go loose and it will go on a rampage Peter said be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. First Peter 5 5 to 6 If you're a Christian, it's obviously appropriate enough that you are you are humble. Quite frankly, if you're not humble, You're prone to getting away with anything. Say what you want. Do what you want. But if you are humble. You know when to say nay. And when to say yay. And when to keep your mouth shut. Taming one's tongue. Isn't a one time occurrence. That never needs to be duplicated. In the same manner. A bit guides a horse. And a rudder a ship. We need to have a constant. Restraint. Of our speech. Unleashed. Words. Of negativity. Not only are destructive. Within close relationships. And the community of believers. But they destroy. Our attempts. To share the gospel with unbelievers. Only as we control. Our tongues. Will wisdom from above. Be evident. i how can you preach the word of God to the unseared, you know, to the sinner, when you can't speak to people properly? You know, that attitude you have there will lead people to hell. That's where they're gonna go. You need, you know, I would, I would say, right, the the best way to, to tame the tongue. Is to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, live close enough to God to know that there are things that you can't say and do, and even if you do do it, then the spirit will tell you 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 can't talk like that. You shouldn't say that, you know. Go and apologize, you know. So be careful. There are many statements in Proverbs twelve. About the hurtful nature of an evil tongue. Here's a few of them. The words of the wicked are. Lie in wait for blood. Verse 6. An evil man is trapped by his sinful talk. Verse 13. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Verse 22. Verse 18. Is Unsurpassed for the falseness of the truth it expresses, it tells of the person who uses cutting harsh words which are like the piercings of a sword that chatters on, not noticing or caring how he may wound the feelings of others by his inconsiderate remark. In contrast to the one who blurts out with angry and uncontrolled words is the person who speaks with gentleness and healing. The Muffat translation says, there is healing power in thoughtful words. As a Christian, you will come up against people who Definitely Know which buttons to press Or you come up against people Who just come looking for an argument Even while you're trying to spread the word of God People turn it into an argument You know Be careful Be very careful how you use that tongue You can use your tongue For good Or you can use it for bad But at the end of the day If you are a Christian follower A believer in Jesus Christ Know when to shut up. When they put the adulterous woman in front of Jesus, Jesus knew when to keep his mouth shut and when to open it. That is the example that we should be following. As Christians, Christ-like people, when we find ourselves in a negative position, we must know when to talk and when to shut our gobs. Finally, if you have nothing better to say, then keep your big mouth shut and keep that tongue of yours under wraps. This is Early Bird signing off. Peace.